Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. It's good to see you today. Man, you look good today. Would you just nudge your neighbor and say, he's talking to you? Go ahead. Uh-oh, I'm sorry. There's a couple people invited some folks out. I saw that. All the singles got happy when I said that. We are glad that you're here. We're in a series called I Love My Church. And I want to tell you, I love my church. Do you love your church? Amen. 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 You know, I have... Uh, the, my love for the church began when I was a teenager. At uh, the age of 15, I became a believer. And I started going to church. And it was there that in that process of, of being around people that God began to develop my character. It was around godly people that made me the person that who I am. And I've been the pastor of this church for 20 years. And uh, it's been, I thank God for the people that he sent my way that have... Uh, that have come into my life, been around me over the last 20 years to continue to help develop my character. Because, see, your character is the most important asset that you have. And so that's why it's important to grow. Matter of fact, I want to just go ahead and tell you the, the four primary words that you will hear around SEC that describe who we are. And tonight we're doing actually a, a, a get-to-know SEC at 6 o'clock. If you'd like to come, we'd love to have you. But if you just flip your program over... On the front, and let's say those four words together. You ready? It's starting with connect. Here we go. You see them? Ready? Come on. Connect, grow, serve, and share. We believe this. In order to grow, we should connect with God and his family. We should grow in God's character. We should serve in God's church, and we should share God's message. It's all about God. And so today, I want to challenge you. We're going to hone in on growing in God's character. As I read that, uh, as I just said that, in Galatians 3, Paul writes this about character. Look what he says. He says, For you all, for you are all God's children through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on the what? Come on, shout it out. The what? Character the character of Christ. Like putting on new clothes. What he was saying was is that when you become a believer and you actually receive Jesus Christ in your life, you get baptized, what you're saying is that when I went down in that water, I changed clothes, baby. I put on the clothes of Jesus Christ. The character, the nature of Jesus Christ is who I am. And listen, if you made that decision and your life has not changed, you might want to redo, reboot. Because when you make a decision to follow Christ, you're making a decision to grow in his character, become more like him. And that's the process that should be taking place in your life. And today I want to talk to you about that. This idea of character 
You know, it's been said that your reputation is who you want people to think you are, but your character is who you really are. Character is important to you. How many of you would like a little more respect in your life? Let me see your hand. Anybody beside me, a little more respect? Okay, I mean, R-E-S-P-C-T. Little Aretha Franklin, right? 1967, I think that was. People, that's all we want, a little more respect, right? I'll tell you how you get respect. You become a person of character and people will respect you. Quit demanding it and start being it. Mm. You can tell it's going to be good already, can't you? I love the statement of Dr. Martin Luther King who gave the I Have a Dream speech and he said this. He said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I think that is so true. Is that we are to be judged by our character and, and you are being judged by your character. Your, your, your character will carry you places that not, reputation cannot carry you. It's got to be solid. And so today, I want to teach you a little saying that I've developed that sort of summarizes how you grow in character. You ready? Godly character. You ready for this? Come on, read it with me. It's on the screen behind me. You ready? Come on. If God says so, go. If not, whoa. Come on now, you've got to do a little shoulder action with that. You ready? Here we go. Come on, this is, this is how you grow in godly character right here. So if you don't get anything else today, you can get the sermon right here. Here it is. If God says so, go. If not, whoa. Oh, uh-uh, whoa, I ain't going there. God says it's okay, you go. But if not, mm-mm. No, that's right. So today we want to talk about how do you develop that. And, and I just want to give this disclaimer. Listen, if you're not a Christ follower today and you're just checking this out, what I'm about to teach today is what Christian people do, okay, to grow in Christ's character. The first one I'd like to share with you is this. The first thing that Christian people do is pray daily. Pray daily. Prayer is so important to our spiritual journey. How many of you have went and seen the movie War Room? Let me see your hand. Okay. How many of you have not seen the War Room? Let me see your hand. Okay, come on, get them up. Go and see the movie. I'm telling you, it will change you, yes. Go see it. If you're married today, take your spouse with you. If you want to be married, take your boyfriend or girlfriend with you. Go, if you're single, go see the movie. It's challenging. But you see, when I was a little, this is the first lesson that I was taught as a child. I started reading the Bible, I thought, because that's what I taught, was taught Christians are supposed to do, so I started reading the Bible. And Jesus, I read where Jesus said, you know, when you pray, Go into your closet. KJV said closet. NIV says secret place, quiet place. So you know what? When I was a teenager, I got saved, and I said, okay, I got to learn to pray. And, and, and back in those days, we lived in small houses, okay? There was no such thing as a walk-in closet. It was a look-in closet. You open up the door, and you, there it is right there, you know? I mean, you had, I'm not even kidding. You have to look this up, some of you on the Internet, but you had about this much space, and that's it. And a little about a four foot this way. And I shared a bed, not just a bedroom, I shared a bed with my brother until I got moved out to get married. I shared a bed. That's the way it was. And so to pray, I said, I got to go in the closet. So I, I learned to go into, I went in that closet. I can remember at night I'd, I'd come in and I, I'd go into that closet and there's old dirty clothes hamper in there. That was all just a little space. And I would snuggle up behind that and I'd start praying, God, 
I don't know a whole lot about you, but I'm told I'm supposed to talk to you and I'm supposed to be in my closet. So here I am, God, I'm in my closet now and I'm talking to you. And I say, God, make me into the person you want me to be, God. Lord, help me with these struggles that I'm having, God. You know I'm still tempted with this, God, so please help me. And I would crawl into that closet and pray. Nobody, I just read it, so I did it. It began to develop and shape my life. It was my war room. And I would challenge you today. Listen, I know you say, oh, I pray all the time. Yeah, while you're driving down the road, oh, God, keep that car from hitting me. Oh, Lord, help this, help this. No, 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 no. I'm challenging you today as your pastor, if you want to grow, you need about 15 minutes by yourself somewhere. And I know as many of you are young parents in here, and you got small kids, so here's my suggestion. Get a pack of cookies, throw them in a room, lock the door, and you go hide somewhere. <laughs> you, got, you figure out how long them cookies are going to last. 15 minutes you go for it. You go pray. Lock yourself in the bathroom. Turn the fan on where you, they think you can't hear them. Pray. I'm not even kidding about that. Jesus said this. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. First, prayer first. We're doing a whole series. That's where we're asking you to invite people to in October. I'm, I'm going to teach you how to pray the Lord's Prayer. Listen, if you want to get your prayers answered, you pray the Lord's Prayer, and I'm going to teach you how to do it. We're going to take about six or seven weeks. I'm going to go step by step with it through you. I pray the Lord's Prayer every day, and it will strengthen you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus, again, before he was about to go to the cross, he took his disciples out into the Garden of Gethsemane. He was praying. And his disciples were, were you know, they didn't really didn't want to pray, but he was about to be arrested and the Easter was about to happen and the cross and all that. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew 26. He, said, he says, watch and pray. Would you read those three words with me? Come on, you ready? Watch and pray. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is what? Would you agree with that? I want to, but sometimes my body just doesn't want to. Inside, I know I should, but my body, sometimes it just gets tired, and I get busy, and I want to do other things. Well, why did he say watch and pray? Why didn't he just say pray, but he said watch and pray? In Jesus' day, there was like walls around the city, the cities. Matter of fact, Rhonda and I just got back from Israel in March, and we saw some of those walled cities. And, and what they would do is have a person up on the top of the wall, sitting up there on the highest point of the wall, looking all around, and his job or her job was to watch. They were to watch for any enemy that may be coming because they didn't have satellite and airplanes. They didn't have any early alert. The only thing they could depend on was the eyesight of that person on the top of that wall watching. So Jesus said this. When you pray, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Why? Here's the reason why. Because when you're praying, you will see more than the other, other people will see. You will, you will see more than other people see. And this is what you'll see. You will see when temptation is coming your way. When temptation is coming your way, you're going to see it way out there coming. You're going to get an alert that's going to go, okay, that's, I can't do that. I see that coming. And it's going to be out there. And you're going to have a, an opportunity to make a decision while temptation's way away from you. When you're praying, you'll see it out there. And you can change and go another direction. But when you don't pray, 
and you're not watching, all of a sudden you're going to turn around and it's going to be right here in front of you. And it's a whole lot easier to make a decision before it gets to you not to do it than when it's right here. You agree with that? And so how do you do that? How do you keep temptation? How do you see it out there? Is you pray. You watch and pray. You see, when you pray, prayer makes you aware. It makes you aware of temptation that's coming your way, and it makes you aware not only of temptation, but opportunities that are coming your way. People that are in prayer, see, they have greater opportunities. They see, they recognize greater opportunities because they're aware. Prayer makes you aware. So we have to pray. If you're going to grow in Christ's character, you have to pray. Before we go to the second thing I want to share with you is this. I want you to remember this one thing. If you don't remember anything else, you ready? Here we go. Let's say it. It's on the screen behind me. To grow in character, you ready? If God says so, go. If not, whoa, baby. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That has ruled my life over the last 30 years. That's why I'm still a pastor. What's ruling your life? If God says so, I want to go. But if he says, if he says no, it's, whoa, man, I can't go. I'm sorry. Laugh at me. Do whatever you want to do. Don't make fun of me. Whatever. But I can't go if God says no. Number two, ready? Read the Bible to live God's way. Read the Bible to live God's way. I want to be as, as clear as I can be about this. Listen, I hear people all the time say, well, I don't... I'm going to leave that church because I'm not being fed. Can I tell you something? If you can read, you can feed. If you're waiting on a pastor to feed you or somebody else to feed you, you know, it's like, okay, come and hold my hand now. Okay, now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. Okay, now night with Johnny. We got 50-year-old people acting like they're three years old. No, no, no. You, listen, immature people say that. Mature people know that, that if you can read, you can feed. And if you can listen, even now you can download the Bible, you can listen to it. So there is no excuse anymore. You know, you're to grow in Christ. And you have to do it through God's Word. You have to do it through His Word. You know, this, what I understand about this book is this. Is that, see, you can't be better, do better, till you know better. And the way that you know better is you get in God's Word... You get in God's Word, you read it for yourself, and then you know the truth. And once you know the truth, you can be better and do better. But you can't until you know. You have to know. So you owe it to yourself to open up the book. Amen? Amen. Okay. Timothy says this. Paul writing to Timothy, he says this. 2 Timothy 3.16 The whole Bible was given to us by inspiration from God and is useful to teach us what is true and makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. And would you read this last statement with me? Come on, out loud like he's talking right to you. You ready? Here we go. It straightens us out and helps us to do what is right. You know, when I was a little boy coming up, I needed some straightening out. That's right. I needed to straighten out. But I want to tell you something. I found out that the Bible could straighten me out more than anything else. You know, when I was little, you know, my dad's belt, he tried to, he used that to help straighten, try to straighten me out. You know, my grandmother had something called a hickory that she used to try to straighten me out. Some of you don't know what that is, but 
wow, we could use a little more of today. But anyways, she had a hickory. It straightened me out, you know. And then I had a, I had a teacher in school that made me stand outside to try to straighten me out. I had a principal that, you know, had to discipline me to try to straighten me out. And then there was police officers that would put handcuffs on me to try to straighten me out. And I want to tell you what none of those guys could do once I got into the Bible. It straightened me out. And it'll straighten you out. Because truth sets you free, amen? It sets you free. You see, I don't need any help in doing wrong, do you? But I need a whole lot of help in doing right. And the Bible straightens us out. Look what Jesus said. Now, this is one of the most scariest passages in the Bible to me. Jesus said this in Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name did we not drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Now that's, I don't know how that sits with you, but that sort of shakes me a little bit because he says, everybody that says they're a Christian is not going to go into heaven. Even if they've done good works, it doesn't mean they're going to make it to heaven. So I, I, I was like, well, God, what are, you, what are you trying to say here? And so this is what I discovered. Is those that are doing God's will are the people that says, you know what? Uh, the ones that aren't doing God's will are the people that say, I know what the Bible says, but. When a person says, I know what the Bible says, but, what they're saying is, I'm going to do my will or somebody else's will and not God's will. They try to offer an excuse for God's word. That, Listen, you can never put a comma where God put a period. Another thing I hear this day, you know what? I was born that way. I was born that way. I was too. I was born a liar. I was born a crook. I was born a cheat. Listen, everybody in my family has had a divorce. Yes, I was born to be divorced. Yes, I guess I was. Alcohol was all in my family. I was born to be an alcoholic, right? I was born that way. But let me tell you something. Jesus met a man by the name of Nicodemus who was born in a religious sect, but he wasn't born again. And Jesus said, listen, I know you're born that way, but you've got to be born again. You've got to be born again, born of spirit, not just natural birth, because, yes, you're born all jacked up, messed up with all these natural desires. Nicodemus said, Jesus talked to me about that born again. He said, what's this spirit thing? He got all excited. And Jesus said, well, let me tell you something, Nicodemus. Have you, ever, have you ever been outside and the wind blowing? He said, yes, I have. He said, well, what does the wind look like? He said, well, I don't know. I see these tree leaves. I see these trees moving and leaves blowing. Jesus said, but what does the wind look like? And he said, well, Jesus, I, I can't say. I, I, it's invisible. He said, that's exactly right. He said, the spirit is just like the wind. You can't see it. You can't see it, but you only see its effects and you feel its effects. The Spirit of God. You must be born again. When you're born again, guess what? You say, God, that old me, it's still here, but your spirit comes in, it'll be greater than that old flesh of mine. Will you still have temptations? Oh, absolutely. But right now, you've got something stronger inside of you than the temptation. And that is the Spirit of God. You've been born again of Spirit, of God's Spirit. And that means that will of God is stronger than your own will. Amen? Man, that's good stuff.
So what I want to do right now is I realize that there may be someone here today that doesn't know Christ or is not born again. So I'd like for every one of you to do this with me if you take out your program. And inside of that, there's a prayer that's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. I'd like for everyone to take it out and we're going to read it together. You ready? You got it? I want us to read it out loud together. Come on, everybody. And today, listen, if you're here and you're not, you know, you've not been born again, you can pray this prayer and you can read it with us. And if you mean it in your heart, you can become a part of God's family. Let's pray. Let's read it. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life. Help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you just give God a hand for those people that just come into the kingdom of God? Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus takes this a little bit further. He said, okay, you've got to be born in the Spirit. Now watch this. In John uh, 7, Jesus goes on to say this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and does what? Come on, shout out. Does what? Puts them into practice. is like a what? A wise man who built his house on the rock, the rains came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a what? Foolish man. Did you hear that? Jesus said, if you know God's word, you hear God's word, you read God's word, but yet you don't do anything about that, your life doesn't change. He said you're a fool. You know, that's the person that comes to church, uh, you know, every once in a while and says, man, that was a good sermon the pastor gave. And you heard a great word. You heard it right out of God's word. And you walk out of here and like, act like you've never done, heard it, a thing about it. God said that's a fool. But the man who hears his word puts it into practice. It's like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. You see, it's important to build your house on the rock, isn't it? Several years ago, there was a hurricane that came through the southeast, Hurricane Andrew. It came through the southeast, and it, it hit Florida and South Carolina. It was devastation everywhere. It was one of the worst hurricanes that ever hit our coastline. But what they found was, since there had not been hurricanes in that area in so long, they got slack on the building codes, and they started allowing them to build the houses on sand and not a firm foundation. And so when that storm, when the winds came and the rains blew, maybe this is what Jesus was talking about, that house that was built on the sand, guess what? There was thousands of homes that just blew away and just blew over. Devastation everywhere. So they changed the building code after that. But what's amazing to me is that you can go up to North Georgia and then uh, the edge of Tennessee and North Carolina and there's what's called the Smoky Mountains. Anybody ever been there? Smoky Mountains. You know, and you go up there and you look and you see these houses way up on the top of this mountain and it looks like they're hanging off a cliff. You ever seen that before? You're like, well, man, looks like that house is just going to fall down that mountain anytime. Scared to death. Well, who would build a house like that? Why would they build that? I'll tell you why. Because the reason that house doesn't fall is because before they built it, they dug down on the rock. Now, on that rock, on the mountain, they dug down on that rock, and that rock is holding that mountain, uh, that, that rock is holding that house up on the side of the mountain. And because the wind can blow, the rains can come, snows can come, and it doesn't shake that home, why, it's built on the rock. 
So today I want to challenge you to build your life on the rock. So I want to give you a challenge today. It's on the back of your connection card. The challenge I want to give you is this. It says, I will set a goal to read or to listen to the New Testament by December 31st. That you will set a goal to have read or listened to the entire New Testament by December 31st. Now, we have an app that can help you, that you can uh, download. If you download the SEC app, on there is a tab that you can click to listen to the Bible or read the Bible, whatever you prefer. Listen, ladies, it would be a great time for you to, in the morning while you're in there fixing your hair and prepping, you know, getting ready for the day, you could turn on God's Word and listen to it to start your day. You know what? Maybe on your drive time to work, maybe you click on the, uh, the, the Bible and you listen to the good news instead of listening to all the bad news. There's nothing that you can do about traffic. There's nothing that you can do about everything that's going on, but listen to the good news. Maybe, you, you know, maybe you're in college or you're a student here, and maybe walking between classes with your headphones on would be a good time just to turn on God's Word and listen to it as you make your way to your class. You see, listening to the good news. So today I challenge you, and if you're up to the challenge on the back of your connection card, would you just check that box that says, I will set a goal to read or to listen to the New Testament by December 31st. All right? Okay, remember what we started off with? Remember this statement? You ready? It says this. If God says so, if not, go. Come on, let's do it again. If God says so, go. If not, whoa. That's right. God says so, you go, not woe. The third thing is this. The third thing in order to grow in God's character is to return to God what is God's. Return to God's what is God's. Jesus was walking along the road one day and he asked this question to the people, or, the, or these people come at him and said, Jesus, should we pay taxes? And Jesus gave this statement to them. Look what it says. Then Jesus said to them, Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him. They were amazed at him. I want to show you an example. Now, how many of you got my dollar when you come here? Let me see your hand. You got my dollar. All right, great. Some of you are thinking about a pack of big red bubble gum. Some of you are thinking about a Snickers candy bar that you're going to buy with my dollar, but that's my dollar. You agree? Listen, that dollar you have did not come out of the church's account. It came out of Jeff and Rhonda's account. It's my dollar. And so today what I want to do is I want, do I, I want to ask you this question. Do I have the right to tell you to do what to do with my dollar? Do I have that right? I'm looking at them. You're going, I ain't moving. You're going to steal my dollar, aren't you? Do I have the right to tell you what to do with my money? Do I have that right, yes or no? I do, right? Okay, that's mine. So here's what I want you to do with my dollar. I decided that I want to give that money to God, and so I want to give it, but I want to give it through you. And so what I want you to do is that when the offering buckets come by, I want you to take my dollar, and I want you to put it inside the offering bucket because I want to give it, but I want to give it through you. Right? Because that's my money, right? I have the right to tell you this. So I'm trusting that you're going to, so I'm entrusting you today that you're not going to steal from me, that you're going to do what I ask you to do with my dollars. Can I trust you? That's the question. Okay, can I trust you? All right. So if you leave here with my dollar today, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> now I want to teach you this. God says, I want to bless you. 
The dollar that I just gave you has no blessing on it at all. And a matter of fact, I gave, I, I, asked, I gave it to you for you to hold it for me because I want to give it, but I want to give it through you. And, and I'm asking you for 100% of that back. But God says, I'm going to bless you with some health. I'm going to bless you with energy. I'm going to bless you with an income. And so in order to bless, in order for you to know that that blessing come from me and you to take a step of faith, I'm asking you to take 10% of what you get, what you get on your income. I'm asking you to take it back to the place of worship where you worship God at, your church home, and I want you to give that right there. I want you to put it in the bucket. I want you to give it online. I want you to give it any way you choose, but I want 10% of it. Now notice this. When you give him what he said, now remember, God gives you 100%, but 10%, he said, is mine, just like that dollar you got right now. God allows you to receive that. He's trusting that you're going to do what he asks you to do. This is what Christians do now. If you're not a Christian, I understand. But this is what Christians do, and that you return that to God, and he said, when you do that, I'm going to bless you. And here's what he said, and Malachi says this. Malachi 3, 10, 11 says, Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Now, what is the storehouse? The storehouse is the place to where you go to worship God. So if you're just visiting here today, like you're from another state or something, you go to another church, do not give your tithe here today. Do not do that. You can give an offering, but not a tithe. Your tithe belongs to where you worship God at. And if you are a person that worships God at the Stockbridge Community Church and you're sending it somewhere else, you're not doing it. You're putting a butt on God's Word. Do not do that. He says... That there will be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much a blessing that there will be room enough to restore it. And notice this last part here, these next three words that are underlined. Would you read them out loud? Come on, shout them at me. You ready? Here we go. I will prevent. God says, I will prevent the pest from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is right, says the Lord Almighty. What he's saying there is this. He's saying, if you will... If you will take the step of faith to trust me, and I'm going to prove to you that I'm God, but here's what he's saying, is that not only am I going to bless you, but I'm going to keep things from happening to you that normally would happen. You know that those of you that are tithers here today, you know that when you was going to work or taking your kids to school and all of a sudden a car slid right beside you and just missed your car by inches, you know what? That was God preventing your car from being destroyed and your children being hurt. You know that maybe you were driving to work one day and, and, and if you'd been one minute earlier, that would have been your car that would have, oh, that would have been knocked over. That is God protecting you. You know, and that's why your children, those of you that are tithers, you know, you realize that maybe you don't have to go to the doctor as much as everybody else wants because God is protecting you. He said, I will prevent the devourer, the, the, the enemy, Satan, from destroying you because he wants to kill and steal from you, but I'll put angels around you and you are mine. You will be blessed. I will prevent. Not the pastor, but God himself. And it's called the tithe. I know that if you're not a Christian, I know this makes no sense, and, but I'm telling you, I've been, a, I've been a tither for over 25 years. I can tell you, God shows up when you need him to. I want you to listen to this testimony of Jamie and Don Davenport. Hi, my name is Jamie Davenport, and this is my lovely wife, Don Davenport. We've been at 
Stockbridge Community Church for the last two years. We actually moved to Georgia and we were living rent free. We had no bills, no vehicle payments, no bills or anything. And we were still barely making it. I mean, it was, you know, we couldn't do anything extra really. And we started coming to church here and we had gotten our own place. And one Sunday, Pastor Jeff told us about the tithe challenge and I thought, oh my gosh, I've never heard of this. And it was really a comfort for me to know that because I knew what kind of financial, we were just not financially responsible. And I just thought, well, you know, he's given us this way out. Like if we mess up and we just get ourselves into this biggest mess and we can't afford to tithe anymore, like they'll give us our money back. And I know that sounds bad, but that really gave me the confidence to be able to say, to Jamie one day, I said, you know, I think we should do this, and he agreed, and we started tithing, and we've never, I think there was like a couple of times when we went on vacation, we forgot, but then we immediately signed up for the auto payment. We've never missed a tithe since then. You know, it's funny because the the day we heard about the the 90-day challenge, Pastor Jeff was like, man, your washer's gonna go out, uh, your refrigerator's gonna quit running, and it, that's exactly what happened. Uh, about two weeks into the Tide Challenge, our washer quit. And it was just so, it was spot on. It was kind of comical at the time because, you know, we was like, well, Pastor Jeff knew, told us it was gonna happen, so it did. But God provided. We, we had everything that we needed to go buy a new washer. And we still could come the next Sunday and, and give our tithe. And it's just been such a blessing to come every Sunday and be faithful. And he has showed up in so many different instances. I mean, there's been times when, you know, we was worried. We, you know, we didn't know where the next check was going to come from. There are times when we, you know, we do worry about money, but we know that we're always going to have what we need. We might not have everything we want, but we have everything we need, and I'm so thankful for that, and I'm so thankful for the tithe challenge, because if it wasn't for that, we probably wouldn't be tithing even now, because I think that it takes a certain amount of spiritual maturity and a certain amount of faith in God to be able to do that, and a lot of people just, they're not there yet, and I know I wasn't there, and I know he wasn't there, you know, but with that guarantee and that backing from the church and from Pastor Jeff, it just gave us that confidence to be able to do that. You can't lose. You come and you, you come and, and try the challenge. You're not, there's no way you can lose. When you do start tithing, you start reaping the blessings of God. Okay, take out your program because I'm going to make you the same a guarantee that I made these people. Why would I do this? Because it's a faith step. And this is what Christian people do. This is what God says to do. And he promises to take care of you. Look what he says. The 90-day tithe challenge says, sign God's guarantee to give 10% of your income for a period of 90 days. Each time you receive your paycheck, bring 10% for the Lord. Notice that, for the Lord. Just like I gave you the dollar and you're going to give it for me, God gives you money so that you can give it for him. For the Lord to start Bridge Community Church, making it, marking it on a tithe envelope, or giving it online at www.secview.net. Now here's the guarantee. If at the end of 90 days you feel your decision was a mistake, or it created a financial crisis, 
or you did not receive a blessing, we will give you your money back when? Come on, shout out. When? Promptly. promptly. We'll give it back to you promptly. So if you're willing to do that, to take the challenge, to get you to take the fast, to get in God's blessing, some of you have been working so hard doing it your own way. And listen, God wants you to do it His way. And you've been fighting it. Some of you have been in this church for a long time. You've been in other churches and you just refused. God is saying, I'm going to give you an opportunity today to do what's right. So on the back of your connection card, if that's you, somewhere down during the service, you'll check the box that says, I will trust God and take the 90-day tithe challenge. If you'll do that, I'm going to pray for you the next 90 days. Personally, I'm going to pray for you because I know the devil's going to do everything he can to try to, to defeat your faith. But if you'll hang in there with him, you're going to see God do something you've never seen in your life before. And it's called faith. This is the only tangible way you will ever know that God exists. So that's all I'm going to say about it. I invite you to take the challenge with us and open the door for God's blessing. So just check the box if that's you. Okay, remember what we started off with? Uh, again, this little saying that I want you to remember. Remember what it says? If God says so, what? Go. If not, whoa. Come on, let's do the whoa. You ready? If God says so, go. If not, whoa. That's how you build godly character. What God says so. Number four is this, is meet with other believers often if you want to grow in God's character. I want to share something with you today that's a truth that I've discovered. Matter of fact, Chesty shared this last week. How many of you in this room could use a miracle right now? Let me see your hand. Come on, is that it? Okay. Do you know how God sends miracles? 99% of the miracles that you're going to receive are going to come through somebody else. They're going to share. Listen, there's some of you in this room that need some wisdom. You're struggling with a situation, and you need wisdom. And God is going to use somebody else to say something to you that you're going to, that's going to help you in your finances, your marriage, or whatever. There's some of you that need a job. You know what? And God says, I'm going to give you another job, but I'm going to let you know about it through somebody else in my family is the way you're going to find out about it. 99% of the way that God uses, uh, that God uses to do miracles is through other people. And guess what the channel of the other people is? It's the church, his people. When you put yourself around God's people, the church family, you are putting yourself in a channel of God's blessings and God's miracles because he uses other people. How many times in this church have I heard the story, I need the job, and I met so-and-so and so-and-so, and then they told me about a job. How many times have I heard in this church people say, you know, I was around so-and-so and so-and-so. I was struggling in my marriage, but we was in this connect group, and so-and-so talked about their marriage. I didn't even say a word, and it was exactly what I needed to hear, and I was able to do that. How many times have I heard people say, we were in our connect group and, and I heard so-and-so talk about their children and what they, they were going through and it was the same thing our children were going through and it gave us wisdom to go on. It was an answer to prayer. God flows through the church. That's why it's important. Miracles happen through people. God speaks to people's hearts and they act on that. They do whatever and you get the answer. And so here's what I want to tell you. That's why the devil will do everything in his power to get you to disconnect from the church. 
And if you're one of those, you know, people that only make it every three months to a church service, God bless you. You're on your own. You've taken yourself out of channel for miracle. You're praying and praying. God, give me a miracle. I need a miracle. Are you real, God? And God says, my channel is through my body. And you've taken yourself out of the channel. Connect groups, that's why they're so important. Look at me just a second. I'm one of those pastors that really care. I want you to know that I, I'm one of those that really do care about you. That's why I'm willing to share what, I, what I'm sharing with you today is what shaped my life. And how, why would I hold that back from you? I know some of you sitting here today, you know, you heard me talk about tithing. Oh, he just wants my money. No, I don't want your money. I want you to be blessed. I don't think it's right that Ron and I walk in the blessing of God and we don't share it with you. I just don't think that's right. You deserve an opportunity for a better life. It was shared with me. I want to share it with you. And these, these connect groups that we offer, 27 adult connect groups, people that are saying, I'm opening up my home, my time, and I want to help you get into the channel of God's miracles, and it's up for you right now to take the step, and you know it. Some of you are hurting so bad, you're baking on the inside, you're dying, and you're praying for a miracle, and God's saying, today, I'm offering you an opportunity to get into the miracle where my power will flow, and you can receive an answer, and today, you're going to walk out of here. And you're going to have to make a choice. Am I going to get into where the miracles are happening at? Am I going to do that? And you're answering your own prayer. Either yes or no. Inside of your program is these things called connect groups. Here's a list of them. There's 27 on the front and the back. Men's, women's groups, all kinds of groups, all kinds of couples groups. You name it, it's there. And it's your opportunity for a miracle. I challenge you today in the name of Jesus Christ to take a step of faith. Do something that scares you to death. You're afraid you're going to meet some weirdo people, and you probably will. But God might use that weirdo to say something to you that will give you the answer to the prayer that you've been praying. And I don't want to miss God's miracle. I want you to stand with me now. You can sign up for those groups on the back of your card. I pray that you will do that before you go. Put it in the bucket. I want to pray for you. You know, if today were to be the last day I were to stand in front of you, I want you to know what I just shared with you. I've tried to preach this sermon like it would be my last. I hope that God is not. But I want you to know, God loves you. And he cares for you. And he wants you to be a man and woman of integrity and care. Why? Well, I want to say that here, here before we pray. Listen to this. Look, look at it. Because in order for you to get respect, and for order you to be the leader in your home, and be the leader in your work, and be, in order for you to go up, you have to grow up on the inside. Your promotion... It's hanging in the balance of what we talked about today. God cannot promote you if you're not ready. Your promotion at work, everywhere around you, you think you've been overlooked. You've become a man or a woman of integrity, and you will not be overlooked. You will be looked up to. 
Heavenly Father, today I thank you so much for these wonderful people. God, I've prayed for them all week. God, I've called some of their names out to you. And I've asked you, God, today to take them up. They've been beat down by life. The storms of life has taken them out. I pray, Father, that you would help them to put your word into practice. That they may stand on the rock and not on the sand. I pray your blessings over them, God. And I pray that they will get in the channels. These little things that they can do. That you can move in them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at S-C-C-V-I-E-W dot net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.sccview.net and click the Give link the top of the web browser and there's many ways that you can give there again thank you so much for joining us today it is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel god bless you